according to St. Luke. Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up the mountain to pray. While he was praying, his face changed in appearance. His clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but now becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here, let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then, from the cloud came a voice, that said, This is my chosen Son. Listen to Him. After the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. could be said about this uh, incredible event. I'm going to try to keep it brief, but I want to make two points. First, to make sense of that Old Testament reading about those animals that God called Abraham to bring and to slaughter and to cut in two and put in two way, you know, split them up and make a bloody path between them. What is that all about? <laughs> well, I had, to, I had to look it up. People, apparently, the pagan kings at the time, when they would make a pact, a covenant, an official, if you will, national treaty, these kings, 
on behalf of their people, would take these three animals and uh, split them up and make that bloody path, the, the halves of the animals on each side, and then taking each other's hands, they would walk through, in the, in the sight of all their people, walk through that bloody mess. And what was that? that what that was saying was, let this be done to you and me if we don't keep our promise. And the people, of course, witnessed it. Please notice in this event that Abraham, it isn't Abraham and God who are entering into a covenant that walk between the portions. It's only God. Symbolized by two things. Two things, like those two kings, but, but both symbols of the presence of God. The smoke and the fire passing through the portions. And the author says, now, this is where God made his covenant. The first covenant, actually. He'll make several others with Abraham as his relationship with Abraham develops and as Abraham grows in faith. But this is the foundational one. God is saying, let this be done to me. If either of you break the promise, either you or I, Abraham, if we break the promise, either one of us, let this be done to me. Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise that was broken. God has always kept his side of the bargain in his covenant with us to love us, to save us, to give us his life, to promise us heaven. But we haven't followed him. We've made gods of our own making. So Jesus comes. God, now in the flesh, to walk that bloody path. Not up Mount Tabor, where he's glorified, we see him today, but an ugly little hill outside of Jerusalem. But Tabor, this event on Tabor, is supposed to remind us that that is who he is, the one who is going to take the results, the consequences of the broken promise between us and God. There he is in prayer, and uh, this isn't seen, kids, by uh, James, or Peter, James, and John yet. They're asleep. While they're asleep, Jesus begins to experience that transfiguration of, his, of the light and the whiteness of his garments. And, and then Jesus is joined by Moses and Elijah. Symbols, of course, of the law and the prophets, where those, that, those promises of God had been proclaimed, where those covenants with the people had been made. The Law and the Prophets standing there with Jesus. This is for Jesus, people. The disciples aren't even awake yet. It says they'll wake up and, and then see the glory and the two persons with Jesus. But I think what this is for Jesus, because Luke says the conversation is about the Exodus, his Exodus that he will achieve in Jerusalem. Exodus the departure. Believing. 
But of course, Luke uses that word, exodus, because it's to refer to the great leaving, the great departure, when God led his people out of slavery in Egypt. The great exodus. Well, Jesus is going to do something similar, maybe fulfilling that old one. A new exodus, delivering us from the slavery to sin, death, and hell. And Elijah and Moses are talking to him about it. They're talking to him about the cross. <laughs> of course they are. Because the law and the prophets we Christians see in that Old Testament uh, scripture, in the Jewish scriptures we see everything pointing to the promises of God of redemption, of salvation, of healing, of peace, justice, finally coming to this planet, it's all pointing to the one who will come, Jesus, who himself in the Gospel of Luke says, I fulfill the law and the prophets. They're talking to him about how he's going to fulfill by walking that bloody path. Then the disciples wake up. But you see, I think, when the word came, this is my chosen son. That part of it is for him. The same words that he heard at his baptism, affirming him, confirming him in the vocation that he had as God in the flesh. And now those same words. You are my chosen son. Please remember, people, this is God being revealed in a relationship with himself as father to son and son to father. God is a relationship of love. We Christians call that love, that God is the Holy Spirit. That's what comes to live in us. God, the Holy Spirit, bringing us the authority to love like God does, like Jesus does, like Jesus did. We see God affirming his, his own humanity in the task, the vocation that he has taken on to walk that bloody path because we are unequal to it. We can't hold his hand and walk there. He does it for us. And then, of course, the voice to the awakened disciples. Listen to him. We need to do that, kids. What's happening here at this altar uh, in a moment's time is Tabor, bread and wine transfigured, the Son of God transfigured for us. This, you know, is the, not just the memorial, the remembrance of that bloody path and of the victory of the resurrection. This is making it present. This is it, kids. That's what the Mass is. Not just a memorial, though it is that. It's also real presence. What the real presence of God did in the flesh, He does here. The dying and the rising. This isn't a static kind of body and uh, blood. This is a verb. This is action. This is a 
transfiguration. This is dying and rising. All for us. Every Sunday, we can encounter, have access to that first Good Friday and first Easter, made present right here. For one reason only, so that we can be literally in touch with it. He can literally be in his dying and rising in touch with us. In the story about Abram, uh, Abram is surrounded by a darkness and it, it fills him with fear. His disciples, uh, and there, a, a cloud comes as Moses and Elijah are seen leaving Jesus. Uh, suddenly a, a cloud comes and over, overpowers the disciples. And sometimes um, the transfiguration event is seen as a, a glorious spiritual experience that one wants to keep. And that's how we interpret sometimes Peter's, let's build a tent here, let's just stay here. That, that normal, I think, desire to hold on to something just so exalting and, and glorious, spiritually. That may not be wrong. And I think this isn't an experience of exaltation for the disciples. This is an experience of fear and doubt. It says so. When the cloud covered them, they were frightened. And the voice said, Listen to him. And they look up, he's all alone. The law and the prophets are not there. Not because they were wrong, but because they were right. All pointing to Jesus. Now it's Jesus. You listen to him. Kids, when we are in a moment of befuddlement and fear, when it's dark and we can't see ahead of us, that's, we, we probably talk a lot, just like Peter, trying to hold on to something, trying to get God to do something. Don't be afraid. Listen to him. And if we look up, we'll see only him. And that, that is our consolation. That is, is, is the promise kept. That is our salvation. That's our hope. And it takes us through the darkness, people.